Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and His church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Oh my goodness. It's so good to be here with y'all. Um, yeah, this is just great. So, um, I didn't, this, what's... Look at your neighbor and try, this with the masks, like this is so weird, but like try smiling with your eyes and see if, like rate your neighbor, like put your hand up if you think your neighbor really did it well smiling with their eyes. I do it and I feel like I just look manic, like I'm just kind of like, and people are like, what, are you okay? I, you know, yes, I'm just smiling with my eyes. Um, all right, anyways, we got to put that aside. We've got things to talk about today. We're talking about listening. We're talking about listening. There's a whole economy around words. If you don't believe me, just, just go look at the news, and you'll see there's a, a war happening right now between Twitter and Donald Trump over words, and words being put on top of other words, and, and it's a huge conflict. It's a huge uh, controversy. It's a, big, it's a big thing that's happening, and, you know, words matter, and we live in a time when we have never been so inundated with words. You know, there's people that get paid to have an opinion, whether that's you know, on the TV or online, and, you know, you, you listen to those folks. There's people that pay so that way they can share their opinion. Uh, there are people that just give their opinion for free. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you know who I'm talking about. And they're just, they're just there. There's just all sorts of opinions and words and people you can listen to, people you don't have to listen to, and it's a bit overwhelming. There's an ancient Jewish prayer called the Shema. And it's called the Shema because the very first word of that prayer in Hebrew is, guess, guess what it is? It's Shema. And the word means hear or listen. And a devout Jewish man, a devout Jewish woman during the time of Christ would have repeated that prayer several times a day. Um, not only that, actually today that tradition continues among those that are still practicing Judaism. Uh, that is a prayer that is prayed very regularly. And, and the very first word is to listen, it's to hear. Uh, well, here it is. It's in its context here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, first place this shows up. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, growing up as a kid in church, we talked about, you know, that last verse a lot. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. We, we focused on that quite a bit as kids. I mean, Jesus will re, you know, rephrase that as the, the greatest command in the New Testament. And so we, we spent a lot of time talking about that. As I got older, you know, high school and then even into college, we talked more about the Lord is one part. The part where, you know, we talk about God and his completeness and his unity and God is, you know, he's sufficient and he's all these things. And we would talk about that, but we never got back to that word here. Or if we did, I wasn't listening. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, but I don't remember talking much about that word here, about that word 
listen, but I think it's really important that we pay attention to that word, that we heed that word as the command it is to listen, to hear. You know, it's a lot easier to sort of give a half-formed opinion. It's a lot easier to shoot off 140 characters. I guess you get 280 now on Twitter. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to do that than to take the time to, to read or to understand, to dialogue, to have a conversation. It's real quick and easy to give your opinion. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said, there is nothing a man gives so freely as his own opinion, and this I have found to be true. I found it to be true. You know, uh, we... <laughs> There's a whole lot of them out there. You can't find toilet paper or ground beef, but you can get people's opinions really, really easily. And cheap, too. That's cheap. It's so cheap. And we're guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. You're guilty of that. We're all guilty of this, where we just sort of talk instead of listen. But your grandmother was right. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth uh, for a reason. And we need to pay attention. We need to listen. If you read through the book of Proverbs, you'll see that maybe, uh, maybe the most repeated phrase or command is to simply listen. It's to hear. This is written by Solomon, who is supposedly the wisest man that's ever lived you know, in the history of the world. And his number one piece of advice was to just close your mouth and listen. Just listen. Just hear. Hear. Here's, here's what he says here in Proverbs 23, one of the many commands to listen. It says, listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Now, why does this command start by this, you know, saying, listen to your father? It's because it's not natural. You know, it, we're born to ignore our, our father and our mother. We're born to, you know, ignore and not pay attention to our parents. You know, no kid has to be told, hey, ignore your parents. No kid ever has to be told, say, hey, stop paying attention to your parents, because they will do that naturally. That They have to be told to listen to pay attention. Listen here. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is the command. This is something that is vitally important for us. We have got to start hearing what other people say. Now, again, the book of Proverbs is this collection of wisdom, and it is constantly encouraging people to listen, particularly kids to their parents. And so I want to just take just a second, talk to kids just for a second, whether you're here, whether you're online at home, you know, uh, maybe you've already fallen asleep at this point in time. I get some pictures of that from time to time. That's always fun. Um, it's okay. Uh, Haddon Robinson said preaching was the fine art of talking in somebody else's sleep. It's, it's true. It's true. Um, but anyway, so kids, here we go. The Bible talks a lot about listening to your parents. You know, why is this so important? Well, if you're younger, you know, your parents are older than you. So if, if your parents are older than you, this, I'm talking to you. You know, if, if your parents have had more life experience than, than I'm talking to you, these are folks who have been down that road, now, there's something that happens, you know, in the teenage years, college years, somewhere in this zone, where, where, where kids, you know, start to tune out even more. And here's, here's what I want you to know. Well, let me give you some facts here, some, some facts. The USDA, they, they pay attention to these things. Here's what they figured out. The average cost of raising a child in the U.S. to age 17, so we're not even talking about college, average cost of raising a child in the U.S. today, this is for middle-income family, um, is $233,610. So almost a quarter of a million dollars is what it costs to raise a child, feed, clothe, school, all that kind of stuff. That's what it costs to raise a child. Now, let me tell you, 
students, kids, teens, you know, let me, let me just say something to you. There is no friend or boyfriend or girlfriend that you're going to have in your life that is going to be that invested in you. They'll, they'll not have spent that much money, time, or emotional energy in you. Nobody wants what's best for you more than your parents. And not only that, they have experience they want to share, experience that can guide you. Proverbs gives us a, a painting of what this might look like. He says, my son, keep your father's commands. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. In other words, don't ignore her. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. Elsewhere, it's described as a fair garland, you know, something that you would, you know, put around yourself, adorn yourself with. It says, when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. In other words, if you live according to this, this wisdom that comes from somebody who's traveled the road a little bit longer than you, you will see that life is a little bit easier. It, it will watch over you. It will protect you. there's something that I learned fairly early in life. It was that I didn't have to learn every lesson the hard way. That that if I talked to somebody else who had done something similar or who was done something that I was thinking about doing, and they said, you know what, man, that that was a disaster. I, I learned real quickly that if it was a disaster for them, it would likely also be a disaster for me. And I didn't have to go and, and find out for myself. I, I could take it at face value and say, well, you know, they've been down that road. Apparently, that's not a good one to travel. I'm going to avoid that road. Now, that doesn't mean there weren't plenty of times, you know, in my teenage years, college, I was like, nah, you know what? I got this. Yeah, sure. Sure you do. No, you don't. And then you find out, oh my goodness, that happens enough and you start to go, oh, maybe I should listen a little bit more. But I'll tell you, some of you are going, well, that's really obvious. Listen, super basic. Thanks for sharing. But I I promise you, there's at least one or two people here that you've yet to figure that out. And you've got to learn every lesson the hard way yourself. Save yourself the trouble. Save yourself the pain, save yourself the heartache, and listen to what others are saying. And you will find that you can learn from their experience just as well as you can learn from your own. So we've got to listen to that wisdom. We've got to listen to that experience. We've got to make that connection. Scripture is going to be clear, though, that we don't listen to to something, and that's this uh, uh, lies and gossip and conflict. Proverbs 16, 28 says this. It says, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. You know, with everybody in close contact, conflict comes easy. With everybody on social media, a whole lot more. Conflict comes easy. It's easy to say something and have it be taken the wrong way. It's easy to, you know, want to tell somebody what you've just found out and and give them the dirt on somebody. It's easy to do that, but Scripture says don't do that. All you're doing is, is making things harder on somebody else. Now, you might say, well, that's not me. I don't, you know, I don't spend time gossiping. I don't, you know, sp- you know tell those types of stories. I, I, you know, I'm not that kind of person. But you like to hear it. You love to listen. You love, you know, when somebody's got some of the latest family news, you want to get tuned in on that. You want to be a part of that. Let me tell you, stop. Don't, don't listen to that. Say, I'm not going to go there. I, I don't want to feed this. I don't want to contribute to it. I don't want there to be more conflict or rumors because of my participation in it. So we've got to listen to the good. We've got to sort of put aside the stuff that isn't. And really in what we're trying to do in all this is to listen for the truth. Now, I know as we talk about listening to your parents, there's some of you, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what? My parents don't really have good advice. 
My parents actually aren't very godly people. As a matter of fact, whatever my parents tell me, I kind of try to do the opposite because, well, it's just the way they've lived their life. I don't want my life to be that way. I I get that. But that doesn't mean we can't listen for truth and still learn from other people's experience. If that's you, then yeah, you want to listen to what they have to say, and you want to look at their life, and you want to ask yourself this question, you know, is what they're saying, does that line up with what I know to be true as revealed to me through, through Jesus, as revealed to me through the teachings of the New Testament? Does this line up with that? If it does, then man, you want to follow that. If it doesn't, you can look at their life and learn from their experience. Here's kind of a rule of thumb I have just in my own life, is before I take anybody's advice, I look at their life, and I ask myself this question, do I want my life to look like their life? Because if I do, then I'm going to follow their advice and take it. If I look at their life and I think to myself, I do not want my life to look like their life, then I'm not going to take their advice. I know we've got some, you know, folks getting ready to get married in our congregation. We've got several folks, you know, thinking about that, some newlyweds here too, we were talking about this a little bit last night after service. Uh, there is nobody that loves to give marriage advice more than people that have been married several times. You know what I'm saying? Those are the people that they, they'll tell you. They've got years of experience, and they want you to know how terrible marriage is and how, you know, you got to do it your way. And, and, I mean, it's kind of exhausting. You know, you, you don't want that. You know, you don't want that. Nobody loves to complain about marriage more than somebody who hates their spouse, Man, they love to tell you that. I have found that the people that are happiest in marriage often talk the least about their marriage, and you've got to go look for that. Proverbs talks about that. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My son, if you accept my words and sort my commands within you, you turn your ear to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding. He's, he's talking about sort of an evolution of our learning. It starts where we listen to our parents and those that have been you know, entrusted to care for us. And then it, it takes a shift here. It says, indeed, if you call out for insight, if you cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as silver, if you search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What Proverbs is telling us is, listen, at some point we've got to all go look for, you know, truth. At some point we've all got to look for answers. At some point in time we've all got to grow up and look for wisdom. And it's a job because the people that want to give you the advice are the people whose advice you probably shouldn't take. And so you've got to look for it. It's hard work. This is why he describes it's like looking for silver. You've got to mine. You've got to dig. You've got to go through a whole bunch of of rocks and rubble until you find something that is worth listening to. And this week, man, haven't we seen that to be true? All manner of news and, and rumors and things swirling around all over the place. I mean, and then this week I discovered the comment section under the news stories. That's where all of the internet trolls live, friend. They just live in that place. I've decided I don't ever need to go there ever again and read that. I mean, that's horrible, some of this stuff. It's bad. You know, you know, with all of these voices, it's overwhelming. And the temptation, maybe this is just me, maybe I'm alone in this, but the temptation sometimes is to just sort of tune out and to just say, you know what, I'm just not going to listen at all. I'm just going to... Sh- kind of just zone out. I'm going to go someplace else. I'm going to just sort of ignore it all, and we just don't pay attention. I'll tell you, that's a really dangerous place, I think, to live. I mean, we saw that this week, right, firsthand, as an officer refused to listen to somebody who said, I can't breathe. 
refused to hear, could not hear that. Well, why is that? Why can't you hear that? Is it maybe that he'd heard it all before and he, you know, he'd just stopped listening. He'd heard everything and he just said, I'm just done listening. Is that what it is? Maybe he just didn't, you know, listen to people that he was arresting, or maybe he just didn't listen to people that were black. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. But what we saw is that there's a, a, a tragedy that happens when people don't listen. You know, the same thing's true with these protesting, and we're not talking about rioting and burning buildings down, but people going out, raising their voice, and, and holding up signs, and going out to the public and saying, listen, I want you to listen to me. That's what a protest is. It's, it's a group of people who have said, you know what, I, nobody is hearing my voice, and so we're going to have to come together so that way we are heard in the collective. There's never been a protest of people saying, thank you for listening to me. I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel valued by the people in authority. That doesn't happen. We see people collect together and raise their voice when they say our voices have been ignored. What they're really saying is, listen, listen to me. Hear what I'm saying. Friends, listening is so important. Now, if you or I don't listen in a relationship, we might not see those kinds of dramatic, you know, a turn of events happen. You know, it may not be fatal. It may not be, you know, riot-worthy in our relationships and interactions with other people. But if you do it long enough, you'll find that it does build. I think we've all heard this phrase at least once, you're not listening to me. You know, you're not listening to me. Or, or maybe you've been in a relationship for a while and somebody's told you this, you never listen to me. You don't listen to me. Friends, that's a cry to be heard. And here's what I find funny. At least this is in my own response. When I have somebody tell me, you're not listening, or you don't listen, or you're not listening, uh, my number one thing to do is to start talking. And I start saying, yeah, not listening? Of course, I was totally listening about the thing with the person and the place. I, I got it all. And then, like, as I'm trying to explain it, I realize, no, yeah, you got me. Yeah, I didn't hear a word of that. Uh, let me tell you, the best thing you can do when you're caught not listening is to just own it and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I was in the zone. I was zoned out. I was tuned out. I, you know, whatever it is, would you try it again? I really want to listen. And then put the phone down. You know, put the phone back in your pocket or, or turn the TV off or just, you know, make good eye contact with somebody and say, all right, I, I'm here now. What is it that you have to say? I want to hear. I want to listen. And once we listen, it's important that we sort of respond in kind, or I'll say it this way, that you live what you learn. I love how James says this. He says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but you're letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. You know, we're in a world that just wants short, easy, digestible things. If I got to scroll to the bottom of the screen, I'm not going to take the time to read all that, right? You know, there's just too much that's going on. But listening involves time. It involves attention. It involves, you know, focus. I mean, I guess this is why we call it paying attention. It's an investment that we make in our relationship. And James, he's talking about a relationship with God. He's saying, listen, when you've heard what pleases the heart of God, when you have heard the things that delight God's heart, then live according to that. Don't just ignore it. 
You know, this happens on a subconscious level in most of our personal relationships that we have with each other. You know, I've been married with Jenny for quite some time, and, and I can tell you that we're much better at communicating now than we were when we first got married. Um, it's just true. There have been things and ways that I've communicated that I realized she did not hear what I just said. And here's what I've also learned is that when there's a misunderstanding, it is never an upgrade. Like if I communicate something and she didn't hear the message that I wanted her to hear, she didn't hear it better than the way I said it. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't get improved in the, in the, the crossed wire there. It got degraded. There've been several times when I've said something and she'll look at me and I'm like, this body language, this look, it's clear. You didn't hear what I thought I was saying. You know, you, you took that the wrong way. I meant it like this, and I'm not quite even sure how, how you heard that. And over the years, we've learned, you know, there's certain tones, there's certain phrases, there's certain eye movements, there's certain just body language postures that just, you know, it sets me off or it sets her off. And we just have learned to communicate much better. Now, if you were to ask me, well, hey, what, you know, what's the trick? What's the secret? I, I don't know that I could tell you. Like, I don't know that I could like give you a definitive list. Say, well, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. I've just learned it, and I've learned it sort of at a subconscious level. Oh, this is, when I speak this way, you know, she, she's responsive. She hears what I'm saying. When I speak this way, she, you know, she's closed. She doesn't hear what I'm having to say. And, and I've just sort of subconsciously learned that. We've learned a, a way to speak. It's almost like our own language, and you, that happens on a subconscious level. Now, that happens this way with people, but it really actually also happens this way with God. Now, I know that, you know, we talk about righteousness as being this, you know, sort of, you know, more of a rigid kind of thing. It's, it's the way we think about it. You know, it's real rigid, you know, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But, but if you really take the time to read God's Word, and if you really take the time to pray, and you really take the time to, to be invested in, in Christian community, and you're, you're involved and you're saying, God, what are the things that please your heart? You'll find that that happens at a subconscious level, too. Because as you start to, to communicate with God and he starts to communicate with you, when you do something, man, there's, there's that conviction that the Holy Spirit puts in our heart. And we go, man, you know what? I realize now looking back, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, that, I shouldn't have fostered that type of thinking in my mind. And, and you know, we can move through that in a very natural kind of way. You know, as we look at other people and we see that maybe the words we're saying, it causes pain there. We realize I'm not walking in love with them the way that Christ would want me to walk in love with them and it allows us to make changes. You see, that's the beautiful gift. If we will just listen, we will learn, and if we learn, we have the ability to improve our relationship, not just with God, but with each other. The problems come when we fail to live out what we've learned. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 7 records Jesus saying this. Uh, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, in other words, they listen and put them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house. It did not um, fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, now let's just pause for a second. These are people that have the same information. They both know how to build a house. We'll see this parable continues. They both know how to build a house. It says, but they don't put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, I'm pretty sure there's nobody who said, you know what makes a really great foundation for a house? The sand, the beach. Nothing holds a house up better than sand and beach and shifting sand. And nobody says that. But somebody just said, you know, this is good enough. It'll be good enough. I, it'll, it'll work. But it doesn't. The rain comes down, the streams rise, the wind blows, beats against the house, and it falls with a great crash. It's a disaster. If you think about that again, we'll, we'll turn it back into our own personal relationships with each other. There's nothing, you know, well, I take it back. There's one thing worse than feeling unheard. 
it's feeling disregarded. It's that you heard me, but you disregarded my feelings. You disregarded my thinking. You disregarded me. Because that other person said, well, I know that you didn't want that, or I know that you felt this way, but I just, you know, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. In other words, your concern wasn't that big, and it's diminished, it's disregarded, it's regarded as unimportant. Friends, nobody wants to feel that way. And when we do that to each other, it causes pain. When we do that to God, it causes pain to us. It causes pain to God. And really what we want to do is we want to be in a relationship that brings us life with each other and with God. And it starts with listening. You know, living in close quarters over this quarantine has been uh, one of those things that I think has forced a lot of people to hear and listen. I know that for some folks, for some of you, it's been really hard. You know, maybe you found out that you're, you know, you're married to this person that maybe you didn't like hardly know, and now you've had like every single dinner together with them over 12 weeks, and you're going, oh my gosh, this is a bit of a challenge. But it's my prayer that this has helped you to be better listeners as you come together. You say, man, we're, you know, gosh, we're making a connection. Maybe you're finding this to be true with your kids. You know, you're running hither and thither and yon or whatever that phrase is, and and now that you're all together, you're realizing, man, we're, we're making a connection. We're listening to each other. My prayer is that that would continue. Obviously, we want our lives to get back to normal. We'd like businesses to reopen. You know, we want, we want that to happen. But I think there's an important lesson here to come from all of this. And if, if there's many, which I think there probably are, one, I think, is to listen, to take the time to listen. And so as things get back to normal... I would say let's make it a commitment to be better listeners. Now, I want to ask you two questions to think about, you know, like what are we going to do with all this information here today? One is, is there a person that you need to listen to more in your life? Maybe it's God. Maybe you're going, man, I do need to listen to my parents more. Maybe you're going, no, I need to listen to my kids more. Maybe you're saying, no, I need to listen to my spouse more. Is there somebody you need to listen to more? And then the second question is this. What is it that you do that sort of sabotages your listening? I, I, I will just admit to you freely, without any reservation, I'm a terrible listener. I, I can own that, okay? I'm good in other areas, but listening is not my strong suit. It just isn't. Um, maybe that's why I'm a preacher, not a counselor, you know? Um, it's, I'm better suited for that. I'm not a good listener. You know, uh, one of the things as I thought about listening this week is, is eye contact. I'm often just thinking about other stuff. You know, I'm not looking at that person when they're talking to me, and I'm not looking at them when I talk to them, and, and I'm just kind of looking around. And, you know, that, that doesn't, nobody feels connected with when that's happening. You know, for me, this week, I'm going, man, I want to make sure that I'm making better eye contact as I'm listening to people. Another thing that I do is I call it the walk and talk. And, I'm, again, I'm not proud of this either. But I, I've been known to, at times, sometimes here in staff meetings, to just periodically leave when I'm tired of the meeting. I'm just bored with it. I've left several times, and they've said, you know, we, we weren't done. And um, that's funny. I thought we were. I, as a matter of fact, I was done. Um, you know, I wasn't paying attention well enough to know that we, we had more we were talking about. I just, I just left. Apparently, I've done this in conversations also, I've been told, that I just leave. And they thought the conversation was still happening. I, I thought it was over, and I just, I just left. That's terrible. I mean, it, re- it really is bad. Y'all can pray for me that way. But, I mean, really, it's, it, that's a bad thing, okay? It's a bad thing. I, I need to grow in that. So this week, I, I'm going to try not to walk and talk, you know, walk and talk while I'm leaving, walking away. I'm going to try to look and to listen a little bit better. 
And, and here's what I think. I think that in doing that, it's going to enhance my relationships with people, and I think it is also going to enhance my relationship with God. So I want to take some time to pray, because I suspect we're all, we could all use a little bit on the listening department. And so I want to pray for you before we sing this song. God, it's good to be here, and it's good to hear from you, Lord, as you've recorded so many words for us in Scripture, and God, we spend so little time in it in comparison to the amount of TV we watch and the amount of the radio we listen to and the amount of the internet we read. And so, God, my prayer for all of us, it's just real simple. It seems real basic, um, but I, I, gosh, I really think it would help us exponentially is that, God, we'd be better listeners. And so, God, I pray for husbands and wives and those that are engaged and pray for friends. I pray for parents. I pray for children. That, God, this week we would, we would really pay attention, that we would make the investment of our attention in our relationships. God, it's my prayer that we would, we would look each other in the eye, that we would listen, that we'd hear what each other is saying. God, it's such a basic prayer, but nothing helps us to feel more connected than being listened to. God, it's my prayer that this week you would help us be mindful of that. It's also my prayer, God, that this week you'd help us be mindful of listening to you. I am firmly convinced that there isn't a moment of the day that you aren't trying to whisper something into our ear. Whether it's about the person we're talking to, whether it's about something going on in our life, or whether it's just a simple reminder to be still. God, would you help us to be listening to you? To take the time to, to read your, your word. It's so easy now, God. It's on our phone. I mean, it's there. Would you help us to listen to you there? Would you help us to, to take the time, to make the time for prayer? God, would you help us to listen for your voice throughout the day as we go to work, school, the different things we do? Help us to listen this week, God. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.